Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello and welcome to Calgary's podcast with Mario Taniguzzi on Canada's podcast network. Joining me today is Don O'Connor, who is the founder and creator of Focus Bubbles in Calgary. Thanks uh, for joining us today, Don. Thanks for having me. Tell me what uh, Focus Bubbles is. It is, I, I like to think it's fairly self-explanatory, but it's a kind of a new concept. It's virtual co-working space. So if we think of physical space where you go and show up with a bunch of people and do your work, uh, virtual co-working is similar, just like you and I on this call right now, people will come to a scheduled focus bubble and declare what it is that they're going to work on. So there's that, you know, this is what I'm going to work on declaration and accountability starts kicking in. They do the work. So there's five minutes up front. Everyone lets us know what they're working on. Rename yourself. You do your work. You can keep your camera on. I keep mine on and I work over here on a second screen and everyone's there. And then at the end, we come back and we say, hey, this is what we got done. This is how it was. So a five minute close as well. So the emphasis is on working together separately. So tell me a little bit about uh, how this started and how the idea came about for you uh, and when you actually started this. I started it by accident uh, in June of last year. I'd like to say there was some intention and <laughs> purpose, but it was, I'm a productivity coach and trainer. So I work with individuals and teams and personal productivity, how they use technology, that sort of thing. So I have a client base. I've been doing that for almost 20 years. And my clients were coming to me and saying, you know, we've just shifted everybody home. They are working long hours. They don't know how to stop working. They're stressed. They're over all those things. We've heard it all. Yeah. And they were asking for workshops and a little one-to-one -one coaching, but I, I don't know. My gut was like, I don't think that's what they need. They don't need to have more information thrown at them right now. Because do you remember at that initial time, there were webinars and free offerings and all kinds of things available. And I think people were just like overwhelmed by information. And so I said, why don't we just like host a study hall, like a, for grownups, like going to the library, but do it virtually since we're all at home and feeling lonely. And so I just opened up a fixed schedule and said, I'll, I'll open it up. We'll, you know, touch base. And then people came and continued to come. And then they demanded more time, which we were calling, I think <laughs> I've said in another uh, podcast, I think we called them task pods or something super boring and like <laughs> not something you'd want to brand. Yeah. So then the demand was there. And I said, I just decided, Hey, I gotta, I gotta give this a go as a, as a potential business model. Um, not to use the word pivot because I'm bored of that word, but yeah. adapt. It, it's, it was an add-on. I thought, oh, this is a new service I can add to my clients. It has then morphed into a full-fledged, full-time business. So who, who are the people that are using this? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's predominantly women, 90% women. And they range from grad student who just submitted her PhD inside a bubble. like a, um, And employees at large organizations, uh, business owners, solopreneurs who are doing their gig or creating a side gig as they work in a larger company. So it's, it's all over the map, but it is predominantly women kind of 30 to 55 age. Oh, interesting. Any thoughts of why? Why do you think? Because yeah. <laughs> that's my network. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's, that was pretty much my client base. And so yeah. my clients started coming 
And now we've had, you know, I have a guy coming from Florida and a guy came from Tahoe. Like we're starting to get these people who are finding it and signing up from all over the place. Yeah. You know, uh, I think, uh, you know, initially for a lot of people, right, uh, working remotely, working from home uh, is a great idea. Um, personally, you know, I've worked from home now for oh, five plus years, right, exclusively. Yeah. So uh, I have no issues with it and I enjoy it. But I, I guess when you look forward and, and, and going ahead, where do you think this whole trend is going? Uh, and do you think that there is going to be a need for something like focus bubbles even more? So Yeah, I sure hope there is. But yeah, I did a fair bit of research. I'm a very data-driven person, and I wanted to get some sense of the numbers. And last year, as we saw people getting more comfortable working from home and needing some connection, uh, I could see you know it was an immediate fit. But now what I'm reading is that, I mean, there was just this stat and I just posted an article, 58% of workers in a particular survey said they would actually quit their job if they didn't have the opportunity to have a hybrid work environment. Mm. And so, you know, there's the remote work that's permanently remote. And then there's the middle ground of hybrid where you have a couple days at home, a couple days yeah. in the office, so you can do your collaborative work, you know, in a downtown office or whatever, and then you can work deep focus and concentration hopefully in your home setting or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I do absolutely from the stats and the directions and um, the businesses that I work with see that hybrid is, is going to be a significant approach in the future. Yeah. Speaking of the future, what uh, do you foresee and uh, what's your vision, sorry, for the, uh, for the focus bubbles? Well, it's interesting. I'm just exploring that right now as the membership grows. Um, I'm just talking to a couple of, smart business owners who buy and sell businesses and stuff like way smarter than me. So they're, they're giving me some good input. I think there's a couple of models, business models we could take with this approach. One, the one right now is really B2C. It's the consumer, the individual who is buying it. Even if they're in a large corporate, they're paying for it themselves on their credit card. Usually they're not even going to their company for support. They're just doing it because they need it. But I think there's a huge opportunity in the B2B space where you know, we look at a company, say, with 100 to 500 employees, and the vast majority of those are working remotely, this could be a benefit to them. So the company could have, you know, say, a focus bubble platform specifically for teams, different teams in the organization or individuals, yeah. so that they can come a couple times a week, or some people come twice a day, um, wow. <laughs> morning and afternoon, yeah. and, and have that connection, like they get the check-in point, they get a little bit of laughter, they get to see some of their peers. Um, so they still feel that connection, but they get to work deeply and more focused on their own. Okay. Don, what were you doing before this? So for the last, uh, I don't know, 30 years, I've, I've built and sold a couple of little businesses, both in the productivity space, one in home organizing uh, and one in productivity training and coaching. It was a license um, model across Canada. And I'm a facilitator for Women Presidents Organization. So that is a group, it's a really unknown, um, but global group of women uh, business owners in the one to 10 million revenue space. And they get together monthly and help each other solve problems. And I'm their facilitator. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What, it, from your perspective, what do you, uh, why do you like uh, being an entrepreneur? Uh, I mean, been so long. Yeah, I didn't ever want to be an entrepreneur again. I feel like I fell into it. I worked at CP Rail in a corporate setting oh, no. for 10, uh, more than 10 years. 
and loved it. Um, but then once I had kids, I just needed flexibility. And so to me, I was driven by flexibility and it just sort of, it, it felt like a natural thing to do to have the autonomy and to create something. Um, but I get bored quickly. So I would create it, get it going. And then I'd be like, oh, I'm done with that. So I sold it and then do the next thing. Yeah. So by accident, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I guess. <laughs> what, um, uh, you know, when you look over the years of, of being an entrepreneur, what kind of advice do you have for, for, for people who are just starting off in this journey? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. That's kind of a tough one. Uh, I should have prepared for that one. What comes to mind is seek out help. So a lot, and particularly because I work with so many women in the space, women don't always ask for help and, and men don't either. Like people just don't ask for help often. Yeah. So, you know, hang out with people who are smarter than you, ask for help, uh, join a peer group. And so I've, I've joined a, a peer group. I don't qualify to join the WPO. I facilitate them, but now I've joined my own peer group. It's life-changing to hear from other people. Cause you know, you're not alone. You hear their pain points. You can relate all those things. I'm sure you've heard that from lots of entrepreneurs. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that to uh, follow people's examples, right? And, uh, mm -hmm. and to help, uh, you know, that's quite helpful, I think, for, for anybody, right? In, in anything, right? To, to see, uh, see who's been successful and, and, uh, and maybe see some common threads there and, and success, but also failure, I guess, too, right? Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's one thing that people don't understand that I guess being entrepreneurs, you've got a lot of ups and downs, don't you? Yeah, often it seems more downs than ups. <laughs> and the tenacity of entrepreneurs is incredible uh, to stick with it. What I've seen in my WPO groups, you know, people have lost, a couple of people have lost their businesses during COVID mm. uh, and, and some have doubled or tripled. So just depending on the industry that they're in. But yeah, so many ups and downs and learning from failure is the best way. Hearing other people's failure, I haven't really learned. I've had to fail myself to learn those hard lessons. Mm-hmm. Anything um, uh, over the years that uh, that you've followed in, in the sense of, uh, uh, say, books or, or people, uh, you know, a lot of people talk, uh, you know, there's a lot of coaches, business coaches and and famous uh, facilitators, so to speak, uh, out there. Is there any that that you kind of follow that uh, that helps um, as uh, have helped you on your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, so many. Uh, Simon Sinek. James Clear, does, do you know James Clear? He, write, he wrote the book Atomic Habits. Okay. Um, and it's pretty much my Bible for coaching uh, clients because it's, I apply it in the productivity space, but it's brilliant. Um, oh, so many, uh, Brene Brown on vulnerability. Uh, I'm lucky enough to go to a lot of big conferences that have some pretty amazing speakers through the WPO. So I've gotten to see those folks speak. One that's not well known, strongly recommend, is Sean Acor. So he's got a great little TED talk, A-C-H-O-R is his last name, and a book called The Happiness Advantage. I'm just looking for it. It's probably somewhere close by, back there in the pile. Um, I'm, again, data-driven, and his studies uh, are fantastic, and the things he talk about are implementable immediately, like, a, you know, practicing gratitude every day and how that can impact your mindset and your um, mm. positivity and happiness. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur obviously is a is a uh, job, so to speak, and uh, that consumes you can consume people, right? Twenty four seven, and many times, and and uh, you mentioned even like for people who work, you know, remotely, uh, there is that 
quote unquote danger of uh, of basically working like crazy like, uh, from from home because you're right here, your computer is right there. Um, for yourself, how do you find that work life balance, and 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 is that important to you? It's very important to me. And before I started Focus Bubbles, I was pretty close to like, I'm really comfortable. I'm just going to semi-retire and <laughs> enjoy my monthly facilitation and, you know, the odd client that comes my way. I had no website. Like I was just operating under the radar with enough business to keep me full time. And then I, then COVID hit, which that's a phrase you've heard a hundred times. Then COVID hit, everything changed. And I just felt compelled to do this, to create this business. But what it's done for me actually is define my day so clearly because I start my day at nine with a focus bubble. I end my day from three to 4.30 in the last focus bubble. And I don't work beyond that. My goal is to only work inside of a focus bubble. So once or twice a day, do all of my work inside that container. How do you <laughs> how do you find the the discipline, I guess, to do that? Because it's 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 tough in this day and age where where we have all the technology in our hands, right? Yeah. Right here. And you know, and it I'm seems not, like this would be like literally 24-7 for people. Yeah. And I'm not a disciplined person, and that's probably why. And I said jokingly to the groups in the focus bubble this morning, I said, I think I created this, not for you guys, but for me. Because it's helped me define my day, shorten my day. And when it's over, it's over. I mean, yeah, there's times I work in the evening or the weekend, but those are fun projects, researching, writing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But the hardcore work, you know, we have rules in the Bible. You put your phone away, it's on mute. Um, if I were a participant, I'd probably be cheating a bit. <laughs> but as the host, and I have to role model it. And so I've just started to live it. And obviously I've been doing this for these pink dots on the wall on my calendar represent two bubbles each. So the routine of getting into that, I can time estimate anything. Now I know exactly how long it's going to take because I've practiced plugging it into a bubble. I'm accountable to the people there. Um, We start off with laughter. So that puts you in a good mood. Like it's, there's a lot of brain science behind it, but just it's common sense as well. So yeah, my goal is to just work inside a focus bubble, but I've recently brought on four, two, three, four, maybe a fifth um, facilitator to help me because it's a lot to do it all. Oh, interesting, yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna have them help and then I can have a break. Okay, super. Um, When you look at uh, the past year and a bit uh, with the pandemic, what do you think you've learned? Uh, uh, What are some of the key lessons uh, that you can take from uh, this past year and a bit? Hmm. I usually ask that question (laughs) Um, that I'm a hardcore introvert. I loved being at home. I, in the past before COVID often felt like I was missing out and because I didn't always have the energy to go and participate. And it took a lot to go to show up for networking events and for speaking events and those kinds of things. Uh, So I've really enjoyed embracing the introversion and I love being at home. I built a, we call the pandemic patio out front. It's like huge, huge patio so that neighbors can drop by and still be distanced. Um, I guess that's my biggest lesson is that I, I, I've loved the experience. I'm just one of the few, I think that maybe just likes to be at home. (laughs) You used, uh, you used a word, uh, 
just a few minutes ago uh, about the pandemic, uh, that word pivot. Uh, why didn't? Uh, why don't you like it? I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe because it's so overused. Yeah. And I and I don't feel like a lot of the pivots are actually pivots. They're they're adaptations or enhancements to what businesses were already doing. And then they were just forced to get out of their comfort zone. Just like you said in an interview I heard from you is that in the recession times, we had to think more creatively. We didn't have the money to just throw at it, right? So no. it forced us into more innovative, in a painful way for a lot of people, but ultimately so much good has come out of it. Um, and there's another lesson that, you know, from the, the year of lockdowns and is nothing is predictable or certain and we are resilient and creative and if you are forced to do it you will find most entrepreneurs i know have found amazingly creative ways out of this yeah exactly all right well thanks don for uh, joining us today thank you for having me that was fun all right super that was don o'connor who is the founder of focus bubbles in calgary this has been calgary's podcast with mario tanaguzzi on canada's podcast network thanks for joining us today